Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so I'd recommend listening to the previous episodes before starting this one. Chapter 14. The Job. The next morning, I woke up feeling as though a brick had been smashed against my forehead. I reached feebly across Apollo, who was sleeping peacefully next to me, for the glass of water on the bedside table. It was empty. What do you need? Apollo murmured, reaching over and pulling me into him. Water! I groaned. Okay. One sec, he said, putting on a pair of sweatpants from the floor and going out into the kitchen. He came back with a tall, frosty glass of ice-cold water. Thank you, I said, taking several enormous gulps. I think I'm dying. Aw, he said, taking the glass from me and drinking the rest of it. Why? Oh, why did I drink so much wine? I lamented. Wine? He asked. I think we were taking tequila shots last night. Ugh, right. Never again. I'm never drinking again. Until next weekend, he teased. I laughed, but then grimaced as the room began to spin and laid back down on the bed. So, I'm thinking breakfast, hot tub, then movie. Unless you still want to swim, but he gave me a dubious look. You don't look up to it. Right. We were supposed to have a date today. I'm not up for a swim, I said. But I can't go in the hot tub either. I don't have my swimsuit. Oh, true, he said, looking disappointed. I guess... We can do that another time. He stood up. Where are you going? I asked, a little disgusted that anyone could have this much energy after a night of drinking. To make food. No, don't get up, he said. Keep sleeping. I'll bring it to you when it's ready. Thank you, I said. He smiled, leaned down and kissed me, and then went into the kitchen. My head pounded and my vision was fuzzy, but I couldn't fall back asleep. Instead, I gazed out of Apollo's rain-flecked window onto the streets of Gastown below, realizing that this was the first time in a long time that a guy had made me breakfast. Had Tyler ever done that? I racked my brain, trying to remember, but couldn't. Even John, the guy whose house Gemma, Lana, and Bree had egged, had made me breakfast a few times. I massaged my temples. Thinking about Tyler only made my headache worse. 
Instead, I looked around Apollo's bright bedroom and wondered if I'd ever be in a situation comparable to his. He was working a job that he loved and making enough money to pay off student loans and afford a great lifestyle. I, on the other hand, was probably going to have to move in with one of my parents. I loved my parents and was grateful to them for having supported me thus far, but I felt like a failure for not being able to support myself. When I had been a kid, I had assumed that I would have everything Apollo did and then some by the time I was in my 20s. Yet, here I was, homeless, jobless, and now that I had paid back Gemma with barely enough money left in my bank account to afford a Greyhound ticket back to Calgary. Here you are, Apollo said, entering the room with a large tray of eggs, pancakes, and bacon. You're amazing, I swooned. He smiled and sat down next to me as we began to eat. Did you have fun last night? He asked, watching me pour liberal amounts of maple syrup onto everything. Yeah, I said. Did you? Yes, he smiled. I'm glad we got to meet up. Me too, I said. Did you hear back from that teaching job yet? I shook my head. I'm going to give it a few more days, but then I'll probably book my Greyhound to Calgary. Oh, he took a few bites. Are you going to go stay with your mom? Yeah, I responded. I think I'll go see her for a week or two before heading to my dad's place in Thailand. Apollo continued frowning, as though he was trying to work something out. Are you going to come back? No idea, I sighed. We ate silently for another few minutes. His phone buzzed from the bedside table. Sorry, do you mind if I check that? He asked. Go ahead, I shrugged. He read through the messages, an expression of annoyance growing on his face. What's up? I asked, after he had typed a response and tossed his phone across the bed. Just work stuff. What work stuff? The head of my department is out of town for the next few weeks, and they keep giving me more and more responsibilities, which is great. But I've also only been there a year and don't really know what I'm doing, he admitted. That sounds stressful. I like it, he assured me. But yeah... It's just a lot of trial and error, and pretending I know what's going on when I really don't. That's what my teaching practicum was like, I said. That's what adulthood is like, he said. True, I hate it. You'll figure it out. Right after graduation is the worst part. Give it a few months and you'll have things sorted out. I really don't know if I will, I said horrified to feel a lump forming in my throat. I didn't want to cry in front of him. You'll be all right, he said, his golden eyes swirling. You're smart, funny, hardworking, talented. I'm not hardworking, I retorted. And how would you know if I'm talented? Okay, maybe you're right about the hardworking thing, he laughed, but I'm standing by talented. Why? I asked. You've never read any of my writing. 
Yeah, he conceded. But I have heard you tell stories. There's something about the way that you do that. It's compelling. I looked up at him, trying to figure out if he was being genuine. He looked back at me as though he was trying to figure out exactly the same thing. Then he let out a long breath. This is really bad timing. I frowned at him. What's bad timing? You leaving. Now. I gazed into his metallic eyes, trying to understand what he meant by that. It wasn't as if he had wanted to date me back when he had had the time to do so, so why was he upset that I was leaving now? But I didn't ask him to clarify because I didn't want him to think I was clingy or crazy, and I definitely didn't want to tell him how I was feeling, so I hesitated, trying to decide the best way to ask what I was wondering. After several moments, I settled on, do you like me, Apollo? I barely had any time to freak out about how blunt that had sounded because he automatically responded to my question, looking confused that I had even asked it. Yeah, of course I like you. Then why did you end things with me back when we were in university? I asked, adding quickly because I was terrified that he would think I was crazy if I didn't. I'm not mad. It was a long time ago. I just don't understand why. If you liked me, you didn't just try and make it work with me then instead of all this. He put his empty plate on the bedside table and scooted closer to me on the bed. I like you, Brooklyn. I've always liked you. I just... He took a moment to gather his thoughts. I don't know if you remember me telling you about a girlfriend that I had before we started seeing each other. I remember, I said. Okay, well, she was like... My first love, I guess. We dated in high school and both came to UBC after. Oh, I didn't know you came to university together. We didn't, I mean, I think maybe she thought we did, but we didn't. We just both wanted to go to UBC, but then he trailed off. I waited. It wasn't a good relationship, he continued at last. I knew that we needed to break up, but it took me a long time to do it, and then, like a week after I finally did, I met you. But her and I were still... He gestured indistinctly, and she wanted to get back together, and... Oh, I said. I just didn't think it would be fair to drag you into whatever it was that I was going through. He explained. So, you got back together with her. It's not... It was complicated, he said. I knew I shouldn't be with her, but... Yeah, we got back together. It was dumb. Her and I were on and off again until the summer, and then it was over for good. I see, I said, slowly. I was matching up the timeline of what he was telling me with what his actions toward me had been at the time. The summer was when Apollo and I had reconnected and he had given me his apartment. 
This kind of explained the mixed signals he'd given me after I'd moved in. It also explained why he had reached out to me so much once the new school term had started. I was confused, Apollo told me, and I didn't know if I'd be able to stay in Vancouver. And then by the time I got into my master's program and knew I was coming back, you were dating Tyler. I finished for him. He nodded. We looked at each other, each perhaps wondering what would have happened if our lives had synced up a little bit differently. And then we were kissing again. Later that afternoon, we were still in bed, cuddled up in a blanket made out of some kind of animal fur that his dad had apparently hunted himself, watching a movie. My phone rang. Hello, I asked, answering the call and mouthing, sorry, to Apollo. No problem, he whispered, pressing pause on the remote. Hi, Brooklyn. It's Mary from Woodbridge Academy. I just wanted to call and let you know that your references were excellent and we'd like to formally offer you the position. My jaw dropped. Really? I asked in disbelief before realizing that I sounded way too surprised and saying, that's excellent. Thanks for letting me know. I'll send you the official paperwork via email, but I just wanted to welcome you to the team over the phone. Would you be able to stop by tomorrow at some point to pick up your textbooks and sign your employment contract? Yes, I said. Sounds great. What time? Let's do 4.30 p.m. That way you can get acquainted with the school after the end of day hustle and bustle. Perfect, I said. I'll see you then. Looking forward to it, Mary said. Bye. My phone fell out of my limp hand as she hung up. What just happened? Apollo asked. I think I just got a job, I told him. Congratulations, he cheered, picking me up and spinning me around the room. Oh, please put me down, I begged, as a wave of nausea passed over me. Sorry, he said, setting me gently back down on the bed. Are you going to take the job? I guess so. I was still in shock. I kind of just did. I was freaking out now. Maybe I should have told Mary that I needed to take a day to think about it. Was this actually what I wanted? I hadn't let myself entertain the idea of actually being offered the job for long enough to really think about whether or not I should take it. Are you okay? Apollo asked. Um, yeah, I think so. My phone rang again. This time, it was Gemma. Rumi, are you still downtown? She sounded hoarse and tired, but happy. Yeah, I said. Great. Bree and Lana just picked me up from the frat house and we're gonna go to dinner. Want to come? We need to talk about last night. Bree says we can pick you up at Apollo's if you want. 
One sec, I told Gemma. I think I'm gonna head out, I said to Apollo. My friends are gonna come get me. Sure, yeah, no problem, he said. You've got a lot to figure out. I smiled at him and told Gemma that I'd meet them downstairs when they got here. Thanks for breakfast and everything today, I told Apollo as I got changed. No problem, he said again, absently making his bed. When I had gathered all my things, Apollo walked me to the door. I leaned in to hug him, expecting him to turn the hug into a kiss like he had been doing all day. But instead, he just patted me a little coldly on the back. I frowned up at him and he avoided my eyes. Why was he being so distant all of the sudden? Did he think that I had taken the job so that I could be with him? Or was he just tired and hung over from the night all of a sudden? The elevator arrived, interrupting my speculations, so I gave him an awkward wave and headed downstairs to meet my friends. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We had to make a quick pit stop behind an alley after the girls picked me up because Gemma's hangover, which she had apparently successfully kept at bay by drinking well into the morning, had finally caught up to her. Once the alley had been thoroughly splattered with Gemma's sick, Lana tried to cheer her up by asking how her night with Austin had been. This caused Gemma to grimace and continue retching into a dumpster for several minutes. Seeing that Gemma was not keen on the subject of Austin at the moment, Lana turned her attention to me to ask how my night with Apollo had been. Oh, it was great, I said quickly, but never mind that now. Guys, I got the job. You got the job? Lana and Bree squealed while Gemma gave me the thumbs up from inside the dumpster. Yes, and I start a week from Monday, I told them, as Gemma gave us a signal that she was finished and we turned the corner onto Granville Street. Wait, wasn't this the job where you had to teach economics and PE? Brie asked as we entered our favorite hole-in-the-wall sushi restaurant. Yep, I said. So, you like have to learn econ in just over a week? Lana asked. Yep, I repeated. 
The waitress came by and took Brie, Lana's, and my usual orders. Gemma, still looking very green, pointed to the blandest bowl of ramen she could find and asked the waitress to please not add any seaweed to it. That's a lot to learn in a week, Brie said. Yep, I said, yet again. And also, guys, where am I going to live? Oh, shit, Gemma groaned, taking a large gulp of the ice water the waitress had just set down at our table. You're welcome to stay at my place as long as you need. Brie and Lana nodded, offering their places as well. Thanks, guys, but I'm going to need to get my own place. Anyone want to be roomies again? My friends all shifted uncomfortably in their seats. Brie, weren't you saying you'd like to find a place downtown? I asked her. I was, and I would, she said earnestly. But I don't think I can. Why not? I asked, feeling a little hurt that none of them were jumping at the opportunity to live with me again. Money, she sighed. But money didn't stop you from living with us last year, I pointed out. Yeah, but last year I was still doing my bachelor's. My parents told me they aren't going to help out with me doing nursing because it's my second degree and they only ever promised to pay for one. I wish you could move into our old place with me, Lana said sadly, but we've already filled the other two rooms and I can't just kick the other girls out now. I wish we'd known about this sooner. That's okay, Lan. The lease was up ages ago, and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I swiveled in my seat to look at Gemma, giving her a mischievous look. We would have so much fun together. I know, she said, dismally, but you know that I can't afford it right now. I'm not as rich as I imagined I would be after college. At least you're done, college! Lana said. I've got another year and then an occupational therapy degree. If I even get accepted anywhere, I'm going to be in school for so freaking long. Yeah, but you needed that extra time because of your dyslexia, Lan, I said, bracingly. Yeah, it's not like you just took five years for no reason like I did, Bree said. You transferred halfway through your first year, though, Gemma pointed out, so you lost a bit of time. Bree shrugged. I'm just saying that I think we all thought we'd be further along than we are now, but we're not, and Vancouver is ridiculously expensive, so we're back to living at home. It's embarrassing, and it sucks, but it's better than living in, like, Bree cast around for examples of the type of housing we could afford. On someone's balcony for 800 a month, Gemma supplied, helpfully. Lana laughed. That's funny. It's not a joke, Gemma said seriously. People are advertising them as solariums, and they go for between eight and 1200 I noticed it when I was looking for my own place after graduation. Seeing what was out there kind of solidified my decision to stay with my parents for a while. 
That's fucked up, Lana breathed. I'm so glad we have Apollo's old place. Even if the mold growing in the bathroom is a little bit sketchy. $800 to live outside, I protested. No way, there has to be something else. Oh, I'm sure there is, Gemma said. But I could tell that she didn't really believe what she was saying. And after spending several hours combing through Craigslist that night, I didn't either. I had started my search off at 700 per month, but soon had to increase it to 800 and then 900 just to make something appear on the map that wasn't a parking spot. The few things that did appear were either obvious scams or solariums like Gemma had been talking about. Feeling depressed, I flicked through several pictures of these solariums. They did, technically, have walls, but these were made of glass, so I'd basically be living in a fishbowl in the middle of someone's living room. I started laughing when I saw a picture that someone had provided to prove that a bed could in fact fit into the space. It was a skinny single mattress, the edges of which were folded up in all directions because it was too large to lie flat on the floor. My laughter ebbed away as I realized that that squashed single bed in a fishbowl was most likely where I would be living soon. I weighed my options. I could commute and live further out of the city, but that would mean having to pay for a transit pass and sacrificing time and a certain level of stress to get to work every day. I would have to factor in bus and train delays, traffic, etc., and even places in Burnaby weren't exactly cheap. Maybe I could increase my budget just a little more. When I put 1100 into the maximum price filter on Craigslist, a lot more options opened up. I sighed. How much could I actually afford to spend on rent? I would be making $36,000 a year. If I divided that by 12 months, it was exactly 3000 per month. But wait, what about taxes? Canada Pension Plan, and all the other creative ways the government was going to steal my money. It was impossible to know exactly how much I'd be making after all the deductions, but I could try and get a rough estimate. I found a Canada income tax calculator online, and without bothering to check how reliable it was, plugged in my numbers. According to the calculator, I should take home $29,521 after taxes. That was more than I'd expected. If I divided my after-tax income by 12, that would give me $2,460 a month. So yeah, technically, I could afford to pay $1,100 or even $1,200 on rent. I didn't want to, since it would mean that nearly 50% of my income would be going into rent, but Right now, it didn't look like I had any other options unless I was willing to commute a really long distance or live in a fishbowl. I tried to convince myself that a solarium wouldn't be that bad. Wouldn't it be worse to throw all my money into rent and have no savings? 
Maybe I could put up some curtains or something for privacy. Although, that would cut into my already limited square footage. I pushed my hair back from my face in agitation. I had thought apartment hunting in university had been tough, but this was so much worse. Without roommates, there was no way I'd be able to find anything remotely affordable, and I didn't even want to live on my own. There was always the option of getting a random roommate, I supposed, but I wasn't in university anymore, and the people looking for roommates on Craigslist were sketchy at best. The only girl who seemed somewhat normal had a list of house rules so long that I had had to scroll down several times just to see all of them. Another guy had written, looking for roommate and special female friend on his posting. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that maybe English wasn't his first language and he hadn't understood how creepy this came off in translation, but I also wasn't prepared to risk becoming some kind of live-in concubine in order to find out. The most promising option was two guys who were looking for a third roommate now that their buddy had moved out. The pictures of their apartment made it abundantly clear that they were hockey bros. I didn't have anything against hockey bros, but also wasn't sure if I wanted to move in with two very strong, athletic guys that I knew nothing about. My phone vibrated. It was my mom asking how I was doing. I gave her a call and told her all about the job. She was happy for me, but sad that it meant I wouldn't be coming to see her anymore. Do you want me to come to Vancouver and help you find an apartment and move in and everything? She asked. No, it's okay, Mom, I said. It wasn't that I didn't want to see her. It was that I knew if I did, I would fall apart. I needed to take care of myself right now. She seemed disappointed, but understood. You should call your dad and tell him what's going on, she said. I know he's been worried about you. After promising her that I would call him in the morning, we said we loved each other and hung up. I went back to clicking through Craigslist in a kind of frenzy, certain that there had to be something out there. Maybe a small studio that I could actually afford, or a nice female roommate my own age who didn't plan on imposing an 8pm curfew on weekends. As I searched, I became familiar with the loose way Vancouver landlords had chosen to use their vocabulary. For example, cozy meant the roof is too low for anyone over five foot. Charming was code for old and dilapidated. Any up and coming area was actually the ghetto. And walking distance two meant you could walk there. It would take you seven hours, but still technically you could walk. After several more hours of searching, I flung myself onto the spare bed, put my head in my hands and lay there feeling sorry for myself. I had shot out a few emails to the places that looked the least terrible. And even if one of them gave me a promising reply, I was dreading the thought of actually living in any of them. 
then the fact that I needed to learn the fundamentals of economics in just over a week occurred to me, and I frantically picked up my computer in an attempt to do as much research as I could before I got my textbook from the school tomorrow. I found a few old essays I had written in high school, but reading them only confirmed that I had absolutely no idea what economics was. I rubbed my eyes. I wanted to talk to Gemma, but she had passed out, fully clothed, on her bed the moment we'd gotten home from dinner. It was almost midnight anyway. I should be asleep too, but my mind was racing with worries about what I was going to do. I checked my phone absently. I had sent Apollo a message hours ago, and he still hadn't responded. I rolled my eyes in annoyance, certain now that he was freaked out about the fact that I was staying in Vancouver. He definitely thought that I was staying for him. I glared at his name on my phone, because that wasn't true. Sure, I liked Apollo, but he wasn't the reason I was staying in Vancouver, nor was he the reason I hadn't wanted to leave in the first place. Vancouver was. My friends were. This was the only city apart from Singapore that had ever felt like home, or at least the closest thing to a home that someone who never stays in one place for very long can have. And yeah, I supposed, maybe Apollo was a small part of my wanting to stay, but it wasn't as though I wanted him to be my boyfriend or anything. The last and only boyfriend I'd ever had hadn't had a positive impact on my life. I wasn't looking to get another one for a long time, if ever. I was excited to be single. Unless the perfect man strolled into my life, I wasn't planning on letting myself fall in love again, not after the way love had just tricked me into almost ending up with someone like Tyler. I shook my head in irritation. Why was I thinking about Tyler? I didn't want to waste any more energy on him. Now was the time to enjoy the fact that I was no longer tethered to him. So many things had happened since I had last been single. Dating apps like Tinder had become popular for one. I remembered swiping through Gemma's account when she'd first gotten it and wishing, secretly, that I could use it too. Well, now I could. I went into the app store and downloaded Tinder. Then it was time to add the pictures. I realized as I went through my Instagram that I didn't have enough photos with my new short hair and didn't think it was right to post pictures with my longer hair. I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I mean, what if these guys were like Tyler and hated the way I looked now? I checked myself. Was I seriously going to overthink Tinder? Selecting a mixture of short and long hair photos for now, I decided that I would try to make a point of taking a few more photos this weekend. Then I published my profile and began the only thing I had really wanted to do on the app anyway. Swiping. It was addictive. The things that these guys posted in their bios were everything from cheesy to douchey to hilarious. And then there were the messages. It was pretty late at night, so I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but when Tyson, who lived in Yaletown, asked me if I had an issue with the fact that he was 12 inches in girthy, 
I decided it was time to call it a night. When you're lying wide awake, counting every mistake, do you hate what you've become? Thanks for listening to Confessions of a New Grad. If you want to find out what happens next, new episodes will be published every Saturday until the end of the season. If you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends, give us five stars, and write a review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To everyone who's already done that, thank you so much. It helps a lot. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Our story editor is Rebecca Montgomery, and she created all of the amazing artwork for the project as well. You can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Special thanks to all the amazing musicians who allowed us to use their songs in this production. You can find the soundtrack in our show notes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.